Welcome back to Denizah's Journey. Today we have an elder in who's local to Child's Lake, or in Beaver it's called Eliski. He has lived all his life here and is well versed in Beaver language. He is also a member who is willing to help out other elders in the community. Rankin Piro is his name, and if you don't mind, can you start this podcast off with speaking some beaver? Ocho, I'm good. Tanate, how are you? Ocho, I'm good. Tlichuk, Tla, Tlida, it's a colt, a dog, and a horse. Tlichuk, horse, Tla. It's a colt. Tlitha is a dog. Nuta is a cat. Haki is a cow. Keme Haki is a buffalo. Like this place is called buffalo. Buffalo dust in, in English, but in our, in our language, it's Eliski. Eliski means lots of dust. So that's buffalo dust. Just used to be just buffalo across the river here and all over. Just dust, nothing but dust. So imagine how many buffalo were around. People never starved, but they traveled. Our Beaver Indians got a graveyard in Fox Lake. You go to Fox Lake, eight miles south, straight south. There's a Beaver Indian graveyard over there. It's beavers. We used to roam all over. Right into Port St. John. Beaver and Cree got into a fight in Peace River. Then some of them got mad. Bullets, nothing could penetrate them. They swam the river. They went in there. They fought hand-to-hand battle. They killed off a lot of people. They used the, the jawbone of a moose for their weapons. So that was their choice. They could, Bullets, they had rifles, bullets couldn't penetrate them, so beavers won. They were stronger than Cree, and they pushed them back. Stuff like that, you know, I hear. There's so many stories, but we used to sit there and listen to the old people talk our language, but only in our language to tell stories about what happened over there. Who taught you beaver? first, you know, where did you originally learn that from? I learned that from uh, my parents. Like, you know, as soon as you're born, that's all they were talking. Like, I'm ranking Peru, but it's, my parents taught me when we were, we were small. They talk our language, that's all they, they talked. But my mom went to residential school, but they took her out of class and they put her in the kitchen. That's where she, did. she was, stayed right in the, in the kitchen, that's what she did. And she passed away. We had a bunch of cattle, and I had I had lots. I had a big loan. The former chief uh, foreclosed our loan for us. Somehow we got into into that place where he become a, what do you call it? Indian agent or Indian ag. He got into that position for. Two months and he just foreclosed on us. $60,000. She had a big head of cattle then at that time then. Oh, we had lots. But uh, we went on our own. Can I get your uh, family history? Your you know, brothers, dad and everything as far back? I got ten, ten, uh, ten of us 
five boys, five girls. Philip, Alec, Eddie, me, and Roy. Boys, Jesse, Gladys, Katie, Teresa, Noella, five girls. My dad was born somewhere around Stony Lake area. No, towards Rainbow Lake. And then his brother, Narcisse Fournier, was born in a, where the foothills of La Crete, the, come by, below the hill. February 12th, he was born over there. I forget what year. He was a hundred and something when he passed away. And like our history, my dad's, my dad's dad is buried at Chris Place over there. There's a graveyard. We marked them out. And that's all they give us is this pouch of tobacco just for marking. A whole day's wages. And my mom, my, my dad's mom is buried beside that spruce tree over there in the graveyard. The big tall one that's yeah. up there? Yeah. And then you got my dad's sister married Fred, Frederick Lambert. And Lamberts are related to us through through my dad. That's the only family I think that I have two. One, my dad's brothers went to Fort Resolution. You got Pirouz up there. One went to Fort Good Hope. And one that's we got Pirouz up there too. So then one went to Louisiana. His name was, last name was Fournier. So, we don't know. There's too many Fourniers, we don't know which one. There is in Louisiana. So we've got relatives, Fort, Fort Resolution, Fort Good Hope, but they, we know them now. They stop in here, they camp here with me a couple of times. I'm related just to a few people, but yeah, you're, related, you're related to me, you're my uncle. Like Ernest called me his uncle. The guy is older than me by, I don't know, close to 20 years. The guy grew up and we had pigs, cows, horses, and that's always our main transportation was horses. And we wanted to cut wood. We had to go way out in the bush for farmers field or along a creek. And we we used a team of horses to haul it back. And we cut wood, we used a sweet saw. So that's, my body was solid as this table. I was hard. So that's why I rode horses and it's just no problem for me. I broke my back while that's construction. And my eardrums, Spill diesel on it when I was construction too. But my hip wore out and they give me an iron hip and wintertime sometimes it's cold. It is painful. I was supposed to go for make a doctor's appointment but I knew this was coming up so I waited. I had to go to see my kids this weekend in John Door. I got some in Manning, some in John Doerr, Paddle Puri. All over the place. Well, rodeo, rodeo trail. <laughs> so, like, 
my dad and his brother Narcisse Fournier, my dad took was a Fournier, but he took Piro because there was too many John Fournies. And this one was uh what do you call Papa's grandfather. He was taking my dad's check because my dad was working in the office, like in the council. He was taking my dad's check. We couldn't find it out. So he changed his name back to Piro. Otherwise, we would have been Piro still for like. But my dad's dad was Piro Fournier. So he just, we just went back. He went back to uh, Piro because of the... John Fernie from Boyer was taking my dad's check, and his name was John Fernie too. Just like uh, William Paston, Clifford Paston. Now he changed his name to Clifford because it's William Clifford Paston. Like he changed his name back to Clifford Paston because there's another William Paston in Assumption that was taking his check too. So he changed his name back, then he transferred over to our band and he stayed there ever since but his his grandpa raised him because uh, his mom died when he was young right out of mission school my daddy raised the kids that come out of mission school they're like Lucy Kipling his, her mom was in Stony Lake they have I could show you how many houses they were where they had it right where they had it because I walked that country from every foot of that place. So I knew where the their houses were. And he raised, he raised Lucy here. And then he took Paul Kabobla. He stayed with my dad because my dad had over 400 horses. And uh, John Fernie, he's just north of Vera Victor Fernie living there. There's a cabin in a bush that's where he was raised, but his parents passed away while he was in school. It's, uh, I think it was chicken pox or some some kind of sickness went around them days. Tuberculosis, maybe. They passed away, so my dad took them in, raised them. So we call him my brother. He's my older brother, but he passed away too, so. So that always used to be a big part of our community is helping out each other when yeah uh, stuff like that happens. This strong medicine men were here that they lived one by Katie's and by between Roy's and Clifford's there. There's a power pole there. His house is right beside it. They used, they were strong medicine men. Like dog rips come up here, they want to steal kids because lots of their elders, they couldn't have kids or something. Or, or they were dying off, some kind of sickness up there. So they came, dog groups come down here, they were stealing kids. And they took lots of kids. And they were successful on knowing that. And one of them was Joe Bulldog. His dad chased them. Right till he got up to them and they, they left that kid on a rock. And they, there's a strong medicine man. Old ladies, they paid him the big piles of moose hide. Where Travis is living, just a little bit on the south side, there's a wagon out there. And 
but there's a, was our tea dance fence. We took all of you saying, and all the bullets were just falling on down, big stack of bullets. And how, how powerful those old men were. He just stomped it and it's buried in the ground. Everything. The most hides everything. It's in the ground there. But like, how far did he kick it in? Nobody knows. Nobody wants to dig it. That's the history. And like this, that's all I grew up and talking my language. And I went to day school at the, well, guess what? They cut off my hair. And I got a strap every time I talked my language. I couldn't understand English. I had to learn overnight. So the best bet was to give us some little picture books. See Dane run, see, see Jane run, like stuff like that. That's how I learned. It's in the school. We used to walk from here through where where the center is to get on the school bus. No no road, nothing. No grader coming here, no plow. Just a horse trail. So he buys in, 35 below. Give me school, I got a licking. But then we learn how to ride horse. Worst part of it is riding a big, a little calf. You get kicked. The hoof print is small, and that hurts. But we had to learn. Look at me really good. See, say that. Uchu Sakani Ta. Look at me real good. Uchu Sakani Ta. Yeah. I was teaching that. I knew this was coming up. But I, when I take my neighbor, I talk beaver to him. Clifford. I go and I bother him. I just straight flown. I could just, I could just be flown. Even Clarence. I talk to them, go, go, take them to the city, go, go to meetings. I don't talk, hardly talk English to them. I talk Bieber to them. And he's good at it too. Clarence is good at talking Bieber, Henry Francis. I'm teaching my kids there in John Doerr. They're, they speak Cree real fluently, man. All of them. Right to a small little kid, two feet high to the big kids. They all speak fluently in Cree. And may I speak them from this is what I learned. And my granddaughter there, she's old enough to drink. I said, drink, but don't drink at all. You you got your own language, he told me. I said, No. You you creating your own language. I said, Why you try to make change the words? And that's where it come from. I said, John Doerr. Drink, but don't drink it all. No, like, minikwe, pakaigeta, that's in Cree. Drink, but don't drink it all. They used to say that here, these elders, to each other. Minikwe means drink. Ocho eto, like, drink, drink good. Ocho eto, that's what it means. I talk, I talk to Clifford and Clarence, and I could talk all day, my, my language, no problem. There's a, a lady come from Germany, was come learning our language. She talks beaver better than lots of these people. Because she went all around, stayed around here about two years learning. 
she recorded the language right in written language. It's it's in Germany that where they wrote it all down. That lady, I, I don't know. My mom knew her. They were, she talks pretty good. Well, apart from speaking the language, what other traditional knowledge that do you still do that you were taught? Making drums out of trees, moose hide, like stuff like that. Like I learned to make moose hide, but Eddie Eddie learned that better than me. He paid attention more to it, like making snowshoes. Like I could build things easy, no problem. Yeah, it's just I could only do so much now. Getting up there in age and my injuries makes me some sometimes disabled. I barely walk sometimes. So then you originally grew up like you were saying, there was no roads, no grader or anything Nothing. down. This place you could see high level when my dad was young. From here to high level that spruce tree right by the creek. You could see that from here because there was no trees. There was just buffalo here. In Leske, in my language, in beaver, means buffalo dust. That's what Leske means. Because there was nothing here but buffalo dust in the air. But when the Europeans came, they killed all the buffalo off. It's, uh, that's another question I was going to ask. What do you think about Beaver First Nation holding like a language camp? Well, the cultural camp. Sometimes I speak my language over there, but nobody listens. Some, somebody, somebody's kids are curious, but certain people come around. Ah, that's not how you say it. You know, I just quit right there and walk away. Don't need that. That's what the cultural camp is all about. It's trying to teach the language. You mentioned too, you were into the rodeo. Can you tell me a bit about that? Have you run much for trophies or Who? you? Trophies? Yeah, trophies or- Or rodeo? rodeo? Yeah, and rodeo. I had 15, there's one right there. Oh, bareback rider. Yeah, I come from Manning. I had 15 trophies and some of them are just flimsy. They're not made very good and kids drop them. How many years were you doing that? In 27 years. I wrote 27 years and I liked it. I started 14 years old. Me and Clarence, same day, we hitchhiked to the rodeo, four million. He said, come on, let's go. So we hitchhiked to the rodeo and we made it. And we won first and second, Little Bridges. Then the next year he went to men's because he was older. And I stayed in Little Bridges for another year. Then I joined the men's. Like the boys from down south, uh, McDonald's, they're real good riders and cowboys. But our horses were better buckers than them. Theirs, yes, theirs were mediocre. And these ones were up here. They, they were good buckers. They, they went all over the place. Hood had a... Horse that they couldn't train, we took them in a rodeo on a rodeo arena and we rode them, and we used them for quite a few times. But they asked us boys, "How come you guys didn't come ride over there?" 
we had no we had no chance against you guys. You guys were beat us all the time. So that's good to hear from them. When I went to work for McDonald's in in McMurray, they were got me aside. I don't know how many times. They questioned me like this, like just like doing an interview. I wanted to go see them, but. I don't got enough money. Like we used to, people used to live here in the summertime. They move north of the pavement there by Griffith's place in a bush. They used to live over there all summer. Then in the fall, they come back over here and dig out their potatoes, whatever they got. And that's where the two little orphans that's why they call it child's lake. They fell in the ice. They died. They're buried over here by... It's where past peanuts place a little slew there. But I gotta find out right where the graves are because they're, they're not marked. But I know they're there. It's, my dad said that's where the orphans were buried. Their parents passed away. Some kind of sickness came through. Mossy Rankin for taking the time to talk to me today. It is always great to sit with an elder and learn about their family history and the history of the community through their stories. One final thought I'd like to leave our listeners with is that we may all lead busy lives and don't have the time for a five-minute task. However, when we stop and listen, we learn more about our environment and more importantly about ourselves. Take care. (laughs) 